Oh, Passes to India, Chapter 8, Part 1 Although Miss Quested had known Ronnie well in England, she felt well advised to visit him before deciding to be his wife. India had developed sides of his character that she had never admired. His self-complacency, his censoriousness, his lack of subtlety, all grew vivid beneath a tropic sky. He seemed more indifferent than of old to what was passing in the minds of his fellows, more certain that he was right about them or that if he was wrong, it didn't matter. When proved wrong, he was particularly exasperating. He always managed to suggest that she need not have bothered to prove it. The point she made was never the relevant point. Her arguments conclusive but barren. She was reminded that he had expert knowledge and she none, and that experience would not help her because she could not interpret it. A public school, London University, a year at a crammer's, a particular sequence of posts in a particular province, a fall from a horse and a touch of fever were presented to her as the only training by which Indians and all who reside in their country can be understood. The only training she could comprehend, that is to say, for of course, above Ronnie, there stretched the higher realms of knowledge, inhabited by calendars and turtons, who had been not one year in the country, but twenty, and whose instincts were superhuman. For himself, he made no extravagant claims. She wished he would. It was the qualified bray of the callow official, the I am not perfect, but that got on her nerves. How gross he had been at Mr. Fielding's, spoiling the talk and walking off in the middle of the haunting song. As he drove them away in the tum-tum, her irritation became unbearable and she did not realize much of it was directed against herself. She longed for an opportunity to fly out at him, and since he felt cross too, and they were both in India, an opportunity soon occurred. They had scarcely left the college grounds before she heard him say to his mother, who was with him on the front seat. What was that about caves? And she promptly opened fire. Mrs. Moore, your delighted doctor has decided on a picnic instead of a party in his house. We are to meet him out there. You, myself, Mr. Fielding, Professor Godbelay, exactly the same party. Out where? asked Ronnie. The Marabara Caves. Well, I am blessed, he murmured after a pause. Did he descend to any details? He did not. If you had spoken to him, we could have arranged them. He shook his head, laughing. Have I said anything funny? I was only thinking how the worthy doctor's collar climbed up his neck. I thought you were discussing the caves. So I am. Aziz was exquisitely dressed from tie pin to spats, but he had forgotten his back collar stud, and there you have the Indian all over, 
in attention to detail the fundamental slackness that reveals the race similarly to meet in the caves as if they were the clock at charing cross when they are miles from a station and each other have you been to them no but i know all about them naturally oh naturally are you too pleased to this expedition mother mother is pleased to nothing said mrs moore rather unexpectedly certainly not to this polo will you drive up to the bungalow first and drop me there please i prefer to rest drop me too said adela i don't want to watch polo either i'm sure simpler to drop the polo said ronnie tired and disappointed he quite lost self control and added in a loud lecturing voice i won't have you messing about with indians any more if you want to go to the marabar caves you'll go under british auspices i have never heard of these caves i don't know what or where they are said mrs moore but i really can't have she tapped the cushion beside her so much quarreling and tiresomeness the young people were ashamed they dropped her at the bungalow and drove on together to the polo feeling it was the le- least they could do their crackling bad humor left them but the heaviness of their spirit remained thunderstorms seldom cleared the air miss quested was thinking over her own behavior and didn't like it at all instead of weighing ronnie and herself and coming to a reasoned conclusion about marriage she had incidentally in the course of her talk about mangoes remarked to mixed company that she didn't mean to stop in india which meant that she wouldn't marry ronnie but what a way to announce it what a way for a civilized girl to behave she owed him an explanation but unfortunately there was nothing to explain the thorough talk so dear to her principles and temperament had been postponed until too late there seemed no point in being disagreeable to him and formulating her complaints against his character at this hour of the day which was the evening the polo took place on the maidan near the entrance of chandrapur city the sun was already declining and each of the trees held a premonition of night they walked away from the governing group to a distant seat and there feeling that it was his due and her own she forced out of herself and the undigested remark we must have a thorough talk rani i'm afraid my temper's rotten i must apologize was his reply i didn't mean to order you and mother about but of course the way those bengalis let you down this morning annoyed me and i don't want the sort of thing to keep happening it's nothing to do with them that i know but aziz would make some similar muddle over the caves he meant nothing by the invitation i could tell by his voice it's just their way of being pleasant it's something very different nothing to do with caves that i wanted to talk over with you she gazed at the color colorless grass i have finally decided we are not going to be married my dear boy
the news hurt ronnie very much he had heard aziz announce that she would not return to the country but had paid no attention to the remark for he never dreamed that an indian could be a channel of communication between two english people he controlled himself and said gently you never said we should marry my dear girl you never bound either yourself or me don't let this upset you she felt ashamed how decent he was he might force his opinions down her throat but did not press her to an engagement because he believed like herself in the sanctity of personal relationships it was this that had drawn them together at their first meeting which had occurred among the grand scenery of the english lakes her ordeal was over but she felt it should have been more painful and longer adela will not marry ronnie it seemed sleeping away like a dream she said but let us discuss things it's all so frightfully important we must not make false steps i want next to hear your point of view about me it might help us both his manner was unhappy and reserved i don't much believe in this discussion besides i am so dead with all this extra work mohram's bringing if you'll excuse me i only want everything to be absolutely clear between us and to answer any questions you care to put to me on my conduct but i have not got any questions you have acted within your rights you were quite right to come out and have a look at me doing my work it was an excellent plan and anyhow it's no use talking further we should only get up steam he felt angry and bruised he was so proud to tempt her back but he did not consider that she had behaved badly because where his compatriots were concerned he had a generous mind i suppose that there is nothing else It's unpardonable of me to have given you and your mother all this bother," said Miss Quested heavily, and frowned up at the tree beneath which they were sitting. A little green bird was observing her, so brilliant and neat that it might have hopped straight out of a shop. On catching her eye, it closed its own. gave a small skip and prepared to go to bed some indian wild bird yes nothing else she repeated feeling that a profound and passionate speech ought to have been delivered by one or both of them we have been awfully british over it but i suppose that's all right as we are british i suppose it is anyhow we have not quarreled ronnie Oh that would have been too absurd why should we quarrel i think we shall keep friends i know we shall quite so as soon as they had exchanged this admission a wave of relief passed through them both and then transformed itself into a wave of tenderness and passed back they were softened by their own honesty and began to feel lonely and unwise experiences not character divided them they were not dissimilar 
as humans go. Indeed, when compared with the people who stood nearest to them in point of space, they became practically identical. The Bheel who was holding an officer's polo pony, the Eurasian who drove the Nawab Bahadur's car, the Nawab Bahadur himself, the Nawab Bahadur's debauched grandson, none would have examined a difficulty so frankly and coolly. The mere fact of examination caused it to diminish. Of course, they were friends, and forever. Do you know what the name of that green bird up above is? She asked, putting her shoulder rather nearer to his. Bee Eater Oh, no, Ronnie, it has red bars on its wings. Parrot, he hazarded. Good gracious, no. The bird in question dived into the doom of the tree. It was of no importance, yet they would have liked to identify it. It would somehow have solaced their hearts. But nothing in India is identifiable. The mere asking of a question causes it to disappear or to merge in something else.